Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Joe. Same to you. Happy New Year to our viewers, listeners. Yes. Is it going to be a happy one? No. Yeah, yes. It depends on you and what you make. <coughs> How much bullshit you enjoy. <laughs> I had a happy-ish, you know, what? Christmas holiday. 2021. No. Oh, <coughs> as a year. Uh, yeah, I had personal reasons for being happy. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, that's um, what it all comes down to, the personal reasons, right? Yeah. The world can be going to hell and you can yeah. find little moments of happiness <coughs> here and there. My Christmas was it's, mixed, though. Yeah. It was happy to get away from it, you know, because yeah. everyone, everyone sees that. I think everyone kind of collectively agrees, even the government, in a sense, to mm. just drop it. Mm. They tried last year, you know, lockdowns, lockdowns, right up to Christmas Day, you can have three satellite families <coughs> in your house and you must do this and this. This year, I think they just mostly dropped it. Yeah. Because people just wouldn't. They were going to do their own thing anyway. Everybody got vaxxed, right? Everybody's safe. Because mm. the vaccine's working so well. So, On the flip side, I got sick. You did? You got the COVID? I tested. You for tested. real. I tested it for real. Negative. I didn't even have the COVID. You got something else. Yeah, it was horrible. <clears throat> it was worse than the COVID. From what I read of the COVID, this was worse. Yeah. And, uh, well, that's, that's from all the self-isolation. You should sue the government. <laughs> it's from all this isolation over the past couple of years, you know, that kept all the uh, reduced immunity to, to the normally circulating viruses. And so stuff, the, and the, the, the rebound of things, yeah. yeah. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it been compromised your immune system. At least five years since I was that sick. You should sue the government. For ruined Christmas. For making you sick, yeah. Yep. I don't know if I should blame anyone else. But <laughs> blame Canada. Blame Canada. Well, actually, Canada, yeah. Canada should be blamed for a lot of things. Canada is actually... Well, there's nobody... There's like a jostling for most hearted, most idiotic uh, government uh, policies. You know, they, they shift up and down the leaderboard type thing. Australia obviously held it for Australia a long time. Australia then, then Germany was in there. Austria was doing pretty... Oh, Austria's ahead. No, uh, it's Germany coming. Germany pushing for the lead. And Canada was always really... You know, biting at the heels there all the way along. They recently, um, on last, two nights ago, what, New Year's Eve, a curfew. I think it's 8 o'clock to 5 o'clock in the morning for an indefinite period of time. Curfew. Nobody's allowed out. And it will be policed. Uh, in Across the not, whole not Canada, sorry. Um, uh, Quebec. Okay, once. Uh, one province of Quebec, the, the Frenchies, which is weird, you know, the Frenchies, well, I can't say the Frenchies love their totalitarianism, but. Uh, um, they seem to like it in Quebec. Quebec does stand out as uh, in, in in Canada. That and uh, Ontario, both east east coast basically uh, provinces are uh, seem to be super super they're, super libtard. You know their proximity to the U.S. Northeast might be a factor. The New England thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pretty much like little puritanical sat satellite states of of, of America. Of East Coast America, yeah, uh, yeah, and curfew, and it was enforced. I mean, and obeyed, or oh, it is being it's just. It's been two days, three days. Oh, it wasn't it, just for New Year festivities. No, indefinite period of time after, uh, you know, starting after on New Year, starting on New Year's Eve, announced on New Year's Eve, starting that day. So anybody who had any plans for New Year's Eve, sorry, not allowed out of your house after eight o'clock. Hmm. No exemptions. Nothing. Nope. Well, probably the odd exemption, like if you're emergency treatment right. or something like that. The usual stuff, you know, the usual quarantine. So it's crazy, you know, they just start, 
the new year off as I suppose. No doubt that it's due to the Omicron. Yeah, which is... You know, the cold. The, the army cold. Which I had. And actually, I isolated, so to speak, stayed indoors, so to speak. Yeah. But not because I was ordered to. It's because it's what you naturally do. I yeah. didn't want to do anything else. You weren't out, like, <clears throat> going for cold swims or anything like that? Or no, I read some therapy. great books, though. Oh, there you go. Put it to good use, you know. But it's, it's a whole other thing when it's like, you know, everyone is told to do it. Mm. That's the thing. It's the abuse of common sense. I mean, a lot of the measures are have a root in common sense. That's why they were plausible-ish to begin with, you know. Two meter rule. People go, yeah, well, that makes sense. I know when I have the flu, I not, you know, shouldn't be getting close to anyone. Right. If someone's coming around to the house, mm. I know. Oh, oh, stay over there. I won't give you a hug and greeting. Mm, mm, mm. You know. But then that that said nothing about the actual transmission, the normal transmission of, of viruses, which is which happen yeah. anyway, regardless of whether or not you you know get uh, give people because they're airborne kisses. You know, of course, yeah, yeah. So. Um, and that's, yeah. Do you think that, that stands out? Is that a first? Are you suggesting the Quebec curfew was, does it have any additional features to anything we're not familiar with from before? France had curfews last year. Mm-hmm. They, and they, you know, they changed the time from when till when. Mm-hmm. It was tweaked mm-hmm. here and there. Mm-hmm. But that lasted weeks, officially. Mm. Yeah. Last, early last year, yeah. Um, I think maybe late, maybe then. I don't know. If, I can't remember. There's just so many. It's just one big morass of 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 government annoying government dictates that make no sense, basically. But they're all over the place. Anyway, um, yeah. So I don't know. It's is it going? I mean, people have been told there's the science in some areas of the science uh, have been saying that. Omicold is the end of the quote-unquote pandemic. Um, other people, government then sources just, and, and obviously, you know, in, in Canada, for example, and in other places in Europe and in, in different states in the US are all treating it as if this is this is the worst, going to be the worst wave ever, like we're sort of right still in the middle of it. So there's very conflicting uh, information it's there. Not, it's not, I've seen mainstream on. analysis saying, oh, well, this is good. The Omicron... Suggest that it's actually, you know, we're about to dip out yeah, of it. Yeah. But then, maybe not the same writer in the same piece, but next to it, the same paper is announcing the latest government measures that and, are and stronger than anything seen yet. And hospitals are being overwhelmed, blah, uh, blah. The usual, just it, the cognitive distance is off the charts. Mm-hmm. I saw um, an, a snippet of an interview from a guy who's now retired, but he was at one time the chief editor for Sky. So, yeah, it's Rupert Murdoch's evil corporation. I think Sky in Britain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charmin, his name, something. Mm-hmm. Now, he's retired, so he can speak from the vantage point of not being in it. Mm-hmm. But he did describe, based on his experience talking to former colleagues, some of whom worked for him, of course, he was a, he was a boss. Um, he says there's a lot of journalists who are basically holding their tongue. They submit pieces that are bounced back. He himself tried to submit um, articles that were bounced back. They were to- and he was told, it's, look, we, we want to publish these more moderate pieces that counterbalance the general trend of the hysteria, but uh, our hands are tied. We have them here. You can hear from the oh, horse's good. mouth. 
um, individual stories that there are people in ITV regions who have been told do not bring to us any stories to do with vaccine injuries. In fact, I think one person got threatened with losing a job. But um, I know in newspapers, people have tried to correct copy, they've tried to balance it out, and they've been pulled back by bosses. And I know that um, I know that you yourself pitched a story with a widow of someone that that died from a, after having an injection. Um, so she was told by doctors. I don't think they ever had the inquest yet, but that story was pitched to this morning. Didn't want to know. Um, I've personally tried to get a, a couple of articles away that I've written. Didn't, you know, didn't get them away anywhere. And there was a doctor who wrote a very good article about why the NHS doesn't need to keep vaccinating its staff. Went round most of the national papers, didn't get picked up. We've got no appetite for it, was one, uh, was one thing. About it. So, yeah, listen, I think our industry, our trade, actually, as I prefer to call it, um, is guilty because I think there are a lot of journalists within these organisations who know it's wrong and aren't speaking up. But equally, there are a lot of medics who also know it's wrong, who also aren't speaking up. You know, why? Don't know. Fear, fear of losing their job. Oh, yeah. Fear of putting their head above the parapet. I'm not sure. But the people are there. Yep. That's where we're at. It's, it's an amazing. Balance. It's government. It's... Um... In, in other contexts, we'll, we'll, we'll take a broad swipe at the media for being prostitutes and whatnot, um, and that still holds. But the fact is, it's the small, discreet messaging or and or implied threat. Maybe it's not even articulated. Mm -hmm. That's sent from a small group of people who are ultimately the government. Mm -hmm. And I'm just amazed that at the sway they have. I shouldn't be amazed. I don't think, after all, we've learned over years and years. Of seeing how government works. Yeah. But it is still like incredible that this minority can hold the reins over what people think and their day to day and therefore their, their actions because yep. uh, e easily there could be a, just a change like that. It, maybe with a word passed down from said government. Well, it's, um, yeah, it, it, it comes down to the nexus of human psychology and, uh, you know. You know and the, power or leadership. And the power and the ability that government has to understand human psychology and to manipulate it and exploit it for their own ends. Now, you could say, well, those are appropriate ends or not appropriate ends. But uh, like that article, there's one, um, I just sent you an article, uh, a Telegraph article, Scott. Um, this is this, this woman, Laura Dodsworth. She's it's just got a couple of interesting things in it. We talked about this previously. She, it was her book, uh, Life Inside the Fear Factory, uh, that she wrote earlier this year. Now, this article is from May uh, 2021, when it was around that time that they started talking, shortly after we were talking about an article also in The Telegraph about the behavioral scientists. Uh, uh, on Sage. Uh, on Sage, the UK kind of advisory group. Yeah. Uh, that basically was doing the planning and all this kind of stuff. And there's these behavioural scientists apparently all across government in different departments, you know, and they're all, their goal is, or their, their, their job is to understand, and to, well, they already have understood, but employ their understanding and their knowledge of human population crowd psychology to serve government agenda, 
yeah. government policies to implement government policies more effectively. So this article is about her book or whatever. It's just it's it's written by her actually. Uh, no, it's not written by her. It's a report on her book basically, but it has quotes from her and that kind of stuff. And she just you know it's, as I said, it's from May May last year. Now last year, so um, and it's just about all the fear and um, hysteria deliberately pumped out by government in order to, you know, get people to comply basically with government policies. You know, people were being manipulated, psychological, emotional manipulation. Um, she uh, what started her off actually. If you scroll down there to the just past the Boris Johnson picture, uh, it's uh, yeah, up, up, yeah, right there on that link. That paragraph says, she set off on her quest after being struck by a now infamous minute from the SAGE meeting last March, which was March 2020, right at the beginning of the pandemic, so-called pandemic. It noted that a subgroup of SAGE, the Scientific Pandemic Influenza Group on Behaviours, <coughs> nice name, had, had warned that many people still do not feel sufficiently personally threatened. Mm, I remember that. Um, and of course, that flies in the face of the fact that the vast majority of people were not personally threatened by this virus but they were they had decided that people who did not need to feel personally threatened by this virus should feel yeah. personally threatened by this virus um so that set her off on a, on a research on research and she ended up writing a book on it, um uh, so, but there's the interesting thing is there's, so there's different various different uh, groups within the british government and within most western governments anyway who whose job it is to use their understanding, like I said, of human psychology and crowd psychology and group psychology to implement government policies. She mentions there in the next uh, paragraph, the, or a few paragraphs down actually, uh, just above our picture. Uh, she says, like, some people believe they've been targeted by the 77th Brigade, part of the 6th Division of the Army, which, according to the Minister, Mr. Ministry of Defence, uses legitimate non-military levers as a means to adopt behaviours of opposing forces and adversaries. And, of course, we know what the 77th Brigade had been used on, yeah, social media. Yeah. They were redeployed uh, to the domestic, or against the domestic population, I suppose. Not, and that during the war on terror. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That goes way back to then. Yeah. So, And we've talked before about how, you know, the whole war on terror business kind of segued very nicely into uh, the covid era um but on the second paragraph just below her picture there she said um the ricu is called the research is the home home office the british uk you know de, um, interior ministry kind of interior ministry state department not no yes yeah, uh, homeland, inter, homeland security. security it's the research information and communications unit that's RUIC. She says, I interviewed someone who had worked for one of the agencies that works with RICU. They explained that after the London Bridge terror attack, there were lots of bunches of flowers left at the scene. But some of them were delivered officially before the emotional outpouring from, for the, from the public. Um, and then, uh, maybe the next paragraph explains what she means by that. So when I read the newspaper article saying the nurse who delivered the first vaccination in the UK is backing a national thank you day for key workers... I wonder which government department is behind it. <clears throat> yeah, the idea of having a day when we were all going, when we were all going to be thanking people for the vaccine, feels feels a bit staged, a bit Stalinist even. Mm. So, but in the paragraph, a couple of paragraphs above though, which she talks about the London Bridge terror attack, that was when was that? Two thousand seventeen. It depends which one, but there was a one then just yeah. before their right. uh, snap election. Yeah. So that one, um, she's basically saying that you talk to somebody and. 
she got the message from that person who in one of these kind of behavior behavioral psychology think tank think tanks within the British government that they decided that there should be a national outpouring of grief and therefore they are the ones who started to come up with the idea to put wreaths on the on the bridge and to maybe you know prime. In that way prime people to to feel that this was so it's very it's very subtle stuff the whole yeah. terror attack business isn't just about as we've talked about before, it isn't just about uh, traumatising the population, putting them in the same similar state of fear as they did with COVID. Uh, there's also uh, an after effect of, of so you traumatise them with with the terror attack, but then there's a there's a kind of a we're all in this you together. Invite, and, you invite the appropriate and, response, an outpouring of of emotion and yeah. grief, which kind of I suppose seats the whole experience. Deeper within the you know, within your psychology or something, it really makes it you know it makes it really makes it your own. It it gives you a particular slant on it, right? It like yeah, it's actually it gets it gets into what we've what we're what we want to talk about. I suppose a little bit is um, uh, Robert Malone. Now most people know Robert Malone. Uh, most people watching this probably know who Robert Malone is. He's a he's a a medic. He's a a researcher. He's a scientist. Uh, he's he was back. 20, 30 years ago, he was one of the part of his research was led to the formation or led to the development of mRNA, mRNA vaccines or mRNA therapy or treatment. Um, and he's been very active on Twitter uh, over the past year, probably uh, very much seeing the situation as it is or as we see it, that it's uh, there's something very wrong with the whole situation. There's a lot of manipulation and lies around uh, the whole pandemic idea and also around vaccines that, you know, he's very, very outspoken about vaccines and but he always, you know, he's a scientist, so he's citing, always citing, you know, hard evidence for his for his opinions. And he's been posting them on Twitter. He had half a million followers on Twitter, and just a few days ago he was dumped out of Twitter. I think he had 1.5 million. That's, that's Did he? my data. Okay. Said he had that many, I yeah. It was half a million. Anyway, he had a lot of people on Twitter, and he got dumped. Uh, and I think the reason he got dumped is because, well, actually you can listen to, because it was just after this. Uh, a video he made and posted on Twitter that he got booted. So the assumption is that this was the one um, that he got that he got uh, booted for. My name is Robert Malone. I'm a physician and a scientist, but more importantly, I'm a father and a grandfather. I don't usually read from a prepared speech. But this is so important that I wanted to make sure that I got every single word and fact, scientific fact, correct. I stand by this statement with a career dedicated to vaccine research and development. I'm vaccinated for COVID, and I'm generally pro-vaccination. I've devoted my entire career to developing safe and effective ways to prevent and treat infectious diseases. After this, I'll be posting the text of this statement so that you can share it with your friends and family. Here's the thing. Before you inject your child, a decision that is irreversible, I wanted to let you know the scientific facts about this genetic vaccine, which is based on the RNA vaccine technology I created. There are three main issues that parents need to understand before they take this irrevocable decision. The first is that a viral gene will be injected into your parents' cells. This gene forces your child's body to make toxic spike 
proteins. These proteins often cause permanent damage in children's critical organs. These organs include their brain and nervous system, their heart and blood vessels, including blood clots, their reproductive system, and most importantly, this vaccine can trigger fundamental changes to their immune system. The most alarming point about this is that once these damages have occurred, they are irreparable. They cannot be reversed. You can't fix the lesions within their brains. You cannot repair heart tissue scarring. You cannot repair a genetically reset. Next one's below. This is another genetically reset immune system. And this vaccine can cause reproductive damage that could affect future generations of your family. The second thing you need to know is about the fact that this novel technology has not been adequately tested. We need at least five years of testing and research before we can really understand the risks associated with this new technology. The harms and risk from new medicines often become revealed many years later. I ask you to ask yourself as a fellow parent if you want your child to be part of the most radical experiment in human history. One final point. The reason they're giving you to vaccinate your child is a lie. Your children represent no danger to their parents or grandparents. It's actually the opposite. Their immunity after getting COVID is critical to save your family, if not the world, from this disease. Finally, in summary, there's no benefit for your children or your family to be vaccinating your children against the small risks of the virus, given the known health risks of the vaccine that is apparent you and your children may have to live with for the rest of your lives. The risk-benefit analysis is not even close with this vaccine for children. As a parent and grandparent, my strong recommendation to you is to resist and fight to protect your children. So he got booted. I'm assuming that's what he got was one of the reasons because that was one of the, pretty much the last one of the last things that he, that he published. Yeah. And he's obviously coming out strong against uh, vaccinating children, which is again he, it's well backed uh, by by science. <clears throat> no healthy child in the past few years has died as a result of COVID. The vast majority of them are effectively uh, immune to it. Uh, so, but the governments and big pharma want to vaccinate them all right down to, you know, kind of six year, six month olds and stuff, yeah. you know, uh, regardless, you know, which is so, I mean, for someone to then come out like him with his credentials to come out and, and oppose that publicly on a platform like Twitter seems reasonable enough, right? If there's a lot of evidence to back it up, but yet he gets censored for saying that. 
um, what's the agenda there? I mean, how do you explain this stuff? You know, um, it's like the mental gymnastics you have to go through to um, to justify that is uh, are crazy. You know, yeah. say you've lost you've lost the plot, and if you try to do that, you're just yeah, you're 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 missing a big big part of the picture. But um, there was another thing that he's been talking about over the past couple of weeks, which is um, something called mass formation psychosis. Mm. Um, it's a guy, he's a psych- psychiatrist. I don't know if he's a psychiatrist, he's a psychology researcher anyway in, in, the, in, the, in Belgium. Belgium, Matthias Demet. Uh, and he, he, a few months ago he started, I think he started talking about, he's done a lot of research on it. He talks about, who he mentioned, did we mention it before? Gustave Le Bon, uh, the crowd, uh, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, a few seminal works on the madness of crowds, basically. Yeah. And how, in terms of explaining, particularly it's been used to explain or been used to attempt to explain what happened in Nazi Germany and stuff, how people just, well, mass psychosis, you know. Le Bon was writing about what happened to people in during French, and after the French Revolution. French Revolution, right. Yeah. yeah. So he was, he, he had a good, uh, a, a, quite a good test subject or group of test subje- subjects there. But, you know, there's been a lot of work done on that uh, in, in, in later years as well, but it's it's obviously a touchy subject because it you know it kind of like tend to kind of like demonize large numbers of uh, human beings just for the very fact of being human beings, at least in, under certain conditions, you know. Um, but if you just, we can just let him. It's only a short video where he's talking to. I'm not sure who exactly he's talking to, but Joe uh, Rogan. No. Um, ah, Desmet, not Ma- Malone. Matthias Desmet, yeah. Right. Um, on this idea of he's talking to this dude. The rest of the video is on YouTube. We'll put the links in the show description anyway. So, um, but here's a short. Gustave Le Bon, I don't know if you're familiar with Gustave Le Bon, he wrote a very important book on, uh, on mass formation in the 19th century, uh, The Psychology of the Crowds, it, it was called. And he describes already there that uh, if the people who are not in, in the mass formation try to wake up the people who are in the mass formation, uh, then they will be confronted probably with failure. They will uh, uh, be confronted with the fact that, that, that they are unable to, 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 to wake up the masses. But, he says... Nevertheless, it is extremely important to continue to speak out because if people continue to speak out, the hypnosis might become less deep and it will become less deep. Uh, Gustave Le Bon uh, presents several historical examples of uh, situations in which which, uh, um, uh, people who were awake continued to speak out um, and prevented the masses from committing atrocities because that's typically what masses do. Because uh, one function of the mass formation is... Um, um, the satisfaction of all this frustration and aggression, you know, the fourth condition. Masses typically typically have the inclination to show the tendency to um, to commit atrocities. And they typically do it uh, 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 being convinced that they perform an almost sacral pledge and that, that, some, that, 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 that they, they do something that is, that is, a, that is a really their duty. And that, that, that has to do with the fact that uh, people in mass formation are convinced uh, that what they do is for the greater good, for the for for the well-being of the collective, uh, but they forget, of course, that it is for for the well-being of a certain collective and at the disadvantage of a, of a, of another of another part of the population. But anyway, so uh, it's hard to wake the masses up. Uh, the only thing, but 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 if you continue to speak, uh, the 30% of the population who is really into the process of mass formation. Uh, or, uh, you, well, you will make the hypnosis less deep uh, in this uh, part of the population and you might prevent um, um, the masses from from committing atrocities. So it's extremely important to continue to speak out. 
So that's a bit of encouragement to keep speaking out about it in the face of... You uh, might mitigate it, but you are going to have to live through it. Yeah, they're not going to understand it. They can't hear you. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Um, there's a few descriptions of... Well, there's a description, a general description of the, the four components needed for, you know, a group of people to experience uh, that mass formation psychosis, as he calls it, or hypnosis. Some people say it's basically like hypnosis and it's um, the ones I've... I've Seen or lack of social but bonds. Gustave or, Le bon, I don't know if you're familiar. Lack of social bonds or decoupling of social societal connections, a lack of sense making, i.e., things don't make sense, free floating anxiety, and free, fro- free, free floating psychological discontent. Free floating anxiety is a, general se- is a general sense of uneasiness that is not tied to any particular object or specific situation. So and his key point was that these conditions are in existence prior to the introduction of a coalescing factor that gets all those uh, atomized people rallying to the cause. Right. So those conditions are pre-COVID. Then it comes along and it... I.e. terrorism, terror attacks, uh, people... Austerity measures, economic crisis, um, you name it. People generally feeling... Mass shootings that just seem to happen randomly with no motive. Right. A general sense that society is... uh, Falling apart. Falling apart. Or losing, losing meaning. Losing meaning, divisions within society, so people n- no sense of a less of a sense of social cohesion. The incredible, crazy uh, polarization that came from all the man versus woman, all that kind of stuff. All yep. the genders versus yep. straight people. And so all of the things that basically bind society together and, make, and bind people together and make them feel part of a kind of collective and part of society. Those are in different, in many different ways. All well, the different aspects of of the the different things that provide that cohesion are attacked and broken down and leave people feeling anxious and. Uh, <clears throat> disconnected from other people. Um, of course, that was already happening in much of certainly the Western world anyway uh, for years before COVID. But then COVID comes along and really ramps it up because you almost literally then you take it to the next stage where you not only beforehand people were feeling socially disconnected and feeling anxiety, they were then literally under COVID, government COVID measures, disconnected. I, you're not allowed to physically see your your friends and your family and obviously uh, free, other free-floating anxieties encouraged by the idea of this deadly invisible pathogen that could strike you down at any moment yeah like the black death right and and it get back, gets back to that idea of we talked about one of the terror attacks where there's this trauma of a terror attack and then the government use, using its understanding of behavioral psychology uh, decides to you know bring in a kind of coalescing or a, a we're all in this together theme in response to it to get people to you know feel a certain emotion uh, in response to this trauma that's been inflicted on them and it you know that's that's part of their that's their that's their agenda that's what they do in COVID it makes it it, I suppose it makes sense because then it's it's tied directly with vaccinations and we're all in this together we all have to um, you know make an effort to get everybody to get well get ourselves vaccinated get our family members vaccinated and encourage everybody else to get vaccinated but so that's the solution to the to the anxiety and the the fear and the loathing and all that kind of stuff and the disconnection and the division. Connection, yeah, the division, reconnection. So everything's we're all feeling divided and let's stop fighting each other and reunite. It's like what um, not dissimilar to Biden coming in as president of the United States and saying, yeah. unlike that divider who's yeah. just left, thank God, um, I will be the uniter of the mm-hmm. population. Mm-hmm. But of course, then he enforces extreme forms of division in the form of attempted national mass mandates, right. na- national vaccine mandates, and so on, mm-hmm. which is kind of like 
doing the opposite. jarring because it's opposite. What he's implying is that we will all be united under these sets of rules, this yeah. only. Yeah. We won't be united under a cohesive agreement where we agree to live and let live. No, yeah. no, 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 no. You're all going to unite under this. Right. Um, going back to precursors to this kind of behavioral psychology that was applied during COVID. You remember after terror attacks, um, there would always be the the lights of the flag in question where the terror attack happened would mm. be lit on national monuments mm. in an archipelago of cities yeah. all over the world. That's probably the result of a, a, a narrative written that was probably an idea mm -hmm. that became a plan, that became a program deliberately to prime. And there were, there were knock-on consequences of that in the social media era where they would encourage people to post, replace their profile image right. and use it as an avatar, the flag of the country in question. Just we Charlie, yeah. we observed that incredible. It almost seemed like it had to have been prepared beforehand, but you know, yeah. I won't get too far into that because immediately after the event, just we Charlie, with its own typography, the, the style of the messaging, the black background, mm -hmm. the white lettering, mm -hmm. the same everywhere, posted up in the local yeah. paper, and posters all around, posters the all over the country on media. Whoosh, it was everywhere. Yeah. Um, Again, that, that's behavioural psychology. People working in the government yeah. who put that out there. And it seems Do you remember Boston Strong? Boston Strong, T-shirts, baseball caps, freaking underpants, it, I don't know, and everything. And it became anywhere where there was an atrocity, Somewhere name of city, Strong. strong. That yeah. was an American thing, yeah. mostly. But that began. You know what the first one, though, that was? It wasn't the terror attack. That was Sandy Hook. Right. Sandy Hook Strong. And I remember going, what the hell are they doing? This is, this is really weird. They're encouraging people to talk about and to pay attention and to think and to have it uppermost in the mind, this atrocity, Internalize it. but only in a particularly emotional way, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. questioning about it, or just simply asking, well, give us a rough idea of what happened. No, 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 no. Don't even ask what happened. Mm -hmm. this, yeah, yeah. Is, this here is roughly what happened. Now forget it whole, and replace your mind with this emotional stuff. Right. The whole, and, that, and the whole point of that is to make it personal to people, to make them internalize it and make it a personal experience and something that I'm heavily identified with and something, you know, and just as an explanation for what the whole point is, it all leads back to dependence on government, absolute reliance on government, because behind it all is government orchestrating it overtly, orchestrating the, the, the measures around which people have to coalesce and, uh, and, and put their, you know, put their support into it or put their energy and efforts into, you know, uh, to prevent this from happening again or to stop this, you know, to deal with this horrible problem, you know. Um, but it's the government that is the one that's presenting the solutions, right? So they need the emotional commitment from people. They need to internalize the event, internalize the trauma, feel like it's personal to them, that they went and dropped a, a flower, you know, at, a, at a, the scene of a... Of a of a terror attack, yeah. or they went and signed their name, or they went and visited the wall. I think there's a wall in the UK with the name of COVID, uh, COVID deaths. COVID, that was probably a government Definitely. Campaign. And people go and they pay their respects. It becomes kind of like a religion. It becomes very personal to you then. So you're very much identified with it. It becomes a real part of your reality. You really believe that this is what's actually happening because that's what government doesn't want. Government wants that, wants you to really believe that this is really happening. This is really is the way they say it is. They want you to believe them wholeheartedly and they get you to invest emotionally in that belief or get you to you know get in contact uh, emotionally with the with that with so it's 
connecting the emotions with the intellect, intellectual understanding of it, which can be quite sterile and detached, and that's not good enough. You need the emotional involvement for people to really commit to it. And then what they're really doing is committing to government and government being their, their saviour and the, uh, the one that's going to get us out of this pandemic and the one that's going to get us out of this terror attack or these, save us from these terrorists or save us from whatever. So you always look. It, it ends up increasing massively people's allegiance and commitment to uh, government and every word that issues from the maw of government, <laughs> the bloody maw yeah. of government. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's so I guess getting back to Robert Malone, He's been talking about this as a result of this guy, Matthias Dammit. I mean, there's other people, but this guy, Matthias Dammit, that we just saw, he, he's he been, you know, out speaking about it, making videos about it and that kind of stuff. So, you know, he's the point man on it. But Malone came yeah, across him and referenced him as well. Year, yeah. And Malone then, after getting booted from Twitter for saying, you know, kids are pretty much immune to this vaccine or this uh, virus, so... There's not really any point in getting vaccinated. Not and only, data's coming in and they are being injured by it's, it. It's kind of dangerous for, for kids. They're, they're vulnerable. It's an untested vaccine in any proper way. It hasn't, it, you know, it's rolled out in less than a year. Most vaccines, 10 to 12 years for proper clinical trials and studies and safety, safety trials and stuff. Uh, follow-ups, you know, year-long studies to make sure there's no long-term side effects and stuff. So he's totally justified in saying that, but he got booted from Twitter from it for saying it. And um, so he goes on Joe Rogan just a couple of days ago there. Joe Rogan picked up on it and just invited him, I suppose, to come down. And he he mentions, I mean, people should watch the whole video because he says a lot of good things on it. But uh, he mentions on, it's again, just a short video on Twitter of Malone on Rogan here just talking about mass formation psychosis. The government has literally stopped the distribution Sorry. of medicine. That's he does talk about mass formation psychosis on on this on this interview with Joe Rogan. This is actually a different question from Joe Rogan. The whole video is good to watch. So, sure. effective medicine for a disease that exists currently. When has that ever happened before? Ooh, uh, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Yeah, but in this <laughs> level, where like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin were off-label uses. This is something that has emergency use it's authorization. One label, yeah. This is wild. It is. Uh, are they brain dead? Are they trying to just are they encourage to vacciniza- vaccination? Is that what all it is? Is this a money grab? Yeah. Okay, I mean, so, what is that? So here's another um, version. I mean, there's that when you see this kind of decoupling of of public policy from logic, then it causes thinking people like yourself to say, "What the hell's going on here?" Right. Um, and then we go down the rabbit hole, is it this, that, or the other thing? One of the things in that spectrum of what's going on is that the emergency use authorizations are predicated on um, policy determinations that were in a state of emergency. Those are now two years old. They're expiring. There, there is, I'm not saying this is what's going on in their head, but there is another perverse incentive here to amplify the fear porn and to amplify, if you buy into the hypothesis that for some reason there are incentives for the government to maintain the state of emergency, um, that is one explanation given that those declarations are expiring and will have to be re-implemented. Because if, if they're not, then all of this emergency use authorization vanishes like dust. So are you saying 
are you implying that perhaps one of the reasons why they're removing monoclonal antibodies is to enhance the amount of people that are sick? I'm saying it is in the spectrum of the range of possible, just the same as it's late the there, Joe. withholding of early treatments is inexplicable. And this is inexplicable in that we know that they're very effective. I, I have personal evidence that they're very effective. They, they work great on me. The fact that they're removing this and that you would even consider that the reason why they're doing it is to extend the emergency use authorization. For political reasons. Is, that's insane. Joe Rogan's funny. Like, I mean, you see many <laughs> people. Hard. He's late to the show. But so many are on Twitter, yeah. you know, and I have to suffer through all these people on Twitter, you know. The uh, government uh, has. Like, suffer through all these people on Twitter who are, uh, um, you know, just in, in the same position. He's, he's in like, it's, is that really what it, I mean, that's what it looks like. But uh, is it really, I can't believe it. That, that could be. Yeah. Government would just be doing this just for personal gain, like for, for power, because governments like power. They like control over people uh, and pharmaceutical companies that are kind of in bed with government like money and government likes money. Would, would somebody really do this to, yeah. to the population just for money? Like, do people like money that much? Like, I mean, I mean, and the, the, <laughs> like power mad people really like power that much. I mean, are there the evil people exist? The kind of evil people who would do that thing to other people if they have power over them. Do people does anybody abuse anybody in this world? Because it's kind of crazy for me to think about that, you know? You know, yeah. I mean, I can understand. I've read some stories about people who, you know, like men who, who who kept women locked in their basements, you know, for 20 years and repeatedly raped them or abused them or whatever, treated them or, 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 or you know, no, but pedophiles and all that kind of stuff. I know lots, but is it really possible that there could be people in government who would do that, who would be like that? That's a crazy idea to me. It's, and it's like, why is that a crazy idea to you? I know. What the is wrong with you. I, everyone he has on, he, he gets him to that point. He had Peter McCulloch a couple of weeks ago. He's similarly a super, you know, yeah. unbelievable biography to his, to his story. He's one of the best doctors in the country. And he's asking McCulloch, so so he's trying to get, and then McCulloch is, in, in fairness, he's trying to be circumspect so he doesn't lose. Malone's already lost his privileges yeah. or he's losing them as we speak. McCulloch still has some, yeah. so he's trying to be circumspect. But Rogan's having a different conversation in his head where he's trying to get him to say, what is it? Is it incompetence or dot, dot, dot? And yeah. he keeps getting that point, but he, he's, you can see he's wrestling with... Yeah, well, the, a very simple idea. The simple idea. A very, very simple idea, oh, we but saw, wrestling with it. Well, I mean, we answered that question in March 2020 when we saw in real time they were withdrawing hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. From the shelves. Yeah. And, and banning ivermectin. So that's a conscious, <clears throat> that's not just a whoopsie, that really whoopsie daisy, conscious? that's being done consciously. You mean like a pharmaceutical company that has a patent and makes their own drugs and stands to make a lot of money from it would in some way get the government to, to, to ban other non-patented, easily, cheaply available drugs so that the pharmaceutical company could make a shitload of money? Are you really saying that? That some big companies really want a shitload of money? That's crazy to me, Neil. That's crazy. I mean, I've got this... Well, like, I can... If, if you're strictly speaking, if that's what you're wrestling with, I can understand doubt because it's not enough. It's insufficient well, that's what for one mean. company. The, 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 the realization, the meta place you have to go to is that there's an entire system that works together. The government's... It, it's partly <clears throat> government here. Now it's Pfizer here. Yeah. Now it's intelligence agencies over here. Yeah. This is what, um, um, in his book, uh, Orca Jr. is explaining, that, that it's, it's a key link in all this chain. He talks about the extent of the role of the U.S. intelligence agencies mm -hmm. on the American side 
in bringing this about. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's at that level. And once you're so going, that's a bit crazy for people to, to, to because if it's if you're saying it's just one company that wants profit and power, they're like, well, is no one just going to check that company? Mm. You know, mm. well, but, no, no one is going to because that company is largely a shell organization for other interests. Well, it's part of a system. Own it. Yeah, yeah, it's part of a system as well. As a, a, an overall system of government intelligences, uh, big, big com- um, and big, big corporations yeah. who have for a very long time uh, worked together and kind of to a certain extent run the world together. They they have meetings, they go to Davos, well, they go to different places. I mean, if you go back to your woman about the on the, the behavioral scientists, you know, behavioral psychologists. Yeah, think about those people sitting in a room <clears throat> in the British government or in the American government or whatever. And for a very long time, this isn't something new, it didn't just spring up yesterday, they've been around for decades, they, they're sitting in a room and they're thinking about how we can, what are we going to do here to manage the masses, manage the group mind, the collective mind of the population. Think about, imagine yourself in that position and what attitude you have towards the population where you actually not only uh, believe or are or, or, or planning to manipulate the emotions and the responses and the thoughts of almost everyone in the country, but that you know you can do it quite easily. What kind of relationship do you think those people have with the population in terms of just how they feel towards the population? There's a massive distance there, you know what I mean? It's like when you start to treat groups, large groups of other people, an entire population, in the same way you would treat animals in a lab. Training a dog. Or training a dog. Well, it's probably even less than training a dog because, like, at least you might have some empathy for a dog, or, or, or you, right. you, know, you have you love your your companion, your 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 doggy companions and your cats, or whatever. But for people, there it's even you know people say that that you know people love their dogs more than they love other people. You know what I mean? That there's there's a problem with other people. You know, so yeah, it's kind of scary. You know, but it, it answers the question of how. Uh, governments can could treat a population in this way type thing. There's a massive distance between people who are in government and have been in, in government for a long time. There's a, there's a massive gulf between them in terms of just a, a feeling of connection and of being the same. There's a massive gulf between them, you know, and they really don't. And that massive gulf allows government to perpetrate uh, very, frankly, evil acts and, and, and implement uh, policies that are very, very yeah. bad for the population because they just... They don't see them as this. They're not quite conspecific. Yeah, and and those people are basically spooks. Even if, say, individual members of SAGE are not explicitly seconded in some way as part right. of British intelligence agencies, they they are basically the overlap between yeah. them is, is. Yeah, yeah. They're spooks, get- and, and spooks, and unfortunately, part of the cultural, maybe it's deliberate brainwashing or cultural education, self-education that we as a mass of people have had is that spooks is foreign stuff. It's always foreign stuff. Not true. The history of intelligence agencies is overwhelmingly concerned with the behavior of the the domestic population. Absolutely. Well, that's where your power, you drive your power from and you need to keep a very close eye on it. Even the foreign operations they conducted were always done with a view to bringing it back home. Basically, setting up the mirrors over here so that the light would cast the shadows back home and the masses would watch the shadows on the wall and read the story and the narrative. Mm. It's all done with a view to Mm -hmm. domestic mind control. Um, There's another clip. Well, I don't know if we want to play it, but it's the clip of Rogan and... um, On 
Master um, Malone. Malone yeah. talking about the, the mass formation itself. I think it's worth playing, even though it's going to kind of repeat what we've already heard Mat- Matthias Desmond himself say. But uh, I thought Malone's um, brief summary of it was, was very good. And it's also instructive because in the, I think in this conversation, in this snippet, we'll hear Malone explained to Joe Rogan, who maybe is only pretending he doesn't know, and he's just being clever and getting his his guests to say what he actually thinks. Yeah. Maybe he's he's playing coy. He's being you know? coy yeah. But uh, let's have a listen to this segment from from that Joe Rogan podcast. From basically European intellectual inquiry into what the heck happened in Germany in the twenties and thirties. You know, very intelligent, highly educated population, and they went barking mad. Um, and how did that happen? Um, the answer is mass formation psychosis. When you have a society that has become decoupled from each other and has free-floating anxiety in a sense that things don't make sense, we can't understand it, and then their attention gets focused by a leader or a series of events on one small point, just like hypnosis, they literally become hypnotized and can be led anywhere. And one of the aspects of that phenomena is the people that they identify as their leaders, the ones typically that come in and say, you have this pain and I can solve it for you. I and I alone, okay, can fix this problem for you, okay? Then they will lead, they will follow that person through, it doesn't matter whether they lie to them or whatever. The data are irrelevant. And furthermore, anybody who questions that narrative is to be immediately attacked. They are the other. <clears throat> this is central to mass formation psychosis. And this is what has happened. We had all those conditions. If you remember back before 2019, everybody was complaining, the world doesn't make sense, blah, blah, blah. Um, and we're all isolated from each other. We're all on our little tools. We're not connected socially anymore, except through social media. Um, and then this thing happened and everybody focused on it. That is how mass formation psychosis happens. And that is what's happened here. Yeah, everybody focused on it, or everybody was made to focus on it, right? Through incessant government and me- government slash media yeah. uh, messaging about it 24 7. I mean, people tend to forget, you know, but it's, it's, it's useful to remember what it was like back in uh, March and April or April and May. Uh, 2020 and then after that but particularly those few months like him it was literally everybody was transfixed everybody was yeah. like, i mean it depends and it depends on the nature of the transfixation right uh or the transfixing uh we were watching it very closely as well but we were watching it with a very skeptical eye uh whereas the vast majority of other people were taking it just you know clean you know they weren't there was no filter it was just like this is actually what's happening and they were being traumatized boom boom like literally every 10 minutes people were getting the it, updates it was an amazing the first lockdown was something else. What st- staggered me and still to this day was how many of the alternative. Yeah, bought into it, yeah. Non-aligned media speakers, people have been writing about the coming new world order exactly. type situation totally for years. Totally dropped the ball, yeah. They just went, huh? yeah, shut up, stay home, for God's sake. It's just for a couple of weeks, okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, many of them, most have uh, since woken up, so to speak, mm. or reawoken. Um the that explanation of Desmet's is pretty good. Uh, obviously, people should listen to the guy's 
longer form interviews. Yeah, well, that, yeah, we'll put up a link in the show description. That that little snippet we of both Malone De- and also from Desmond. Yeah, himself. Desmond himself. Yeah, he, it, um, I was never particularly uh, taken by it, though. I know it's taken off. I'm glad it's taken off, and yeah. people have this framework to you understand were never taken things. By well, you see, I've listened to a couple of Desmond's long form explanations, um, and he's he's lacking the a key thing which is psychopathy of course um the thing that came out of european introspection of what the heck happened as malone put it in the 30s and 40s is still political ponderology for an explanation of the ebb and flow of history why totalitarianism comes why it falls is the kind of psychosocial roots that underpin society at all times which is that you have a certain segment of the population that is, as you said, not conspecific, that very much sees us as a different species themselves, mm-hmm. which isn't to condemn them. Unfortunately, part of the reason for people blocking out or not having the receivership for understand, for having this framework to begin with is because they go, well, you're, you're starting to, that sounds like a really hardcore us and them. And it yeah, is, yeah. unfortunately, the case. It shouldn't be condemned, but unfortunately, what happens is they eventually have accrue yeah. enormous influence. Yeah, they're no longer just torturing pets, yeah. and frogs as kids. No, now they're Once wearing again, suits and they've accrued power and they commit and commit atrocities. But they don't necessarily they themselves commit atrocities. But like as Demet said in that in that in, in part of the interview we we listened to, uh, it's the crowd that are weaponized yeah. to commit atrocities. Now, the, obviously, the idea in the context of COVID here would be atrocities, some possible future atrocities in a worst-case scenario would be that the vaccinated in society would would be brought along by government and government propaganda and media propaganda to uh, to demonize uh, unvaccinated to such an extent that they'd want to, there'd be witch hunts, right? There'd be people in the streets hunting down the unvaccinated and burning them at the stake or something like that. Those would be the kind of atrocities that when we talked about Gustav, Gustav Le Bon talking about the crowd after the, the the psychology of the crowd that he saw during the French Revolution, he saw that, right, in the the, the terror after the French Revolution where people were, the, there were pogroms, there were people slaughtered en masse in, in, in kind of witch hunts, you know? Um, so that's a kind of a dangerous thing and that's people anybody who understands this understands that's ultimately where it can go and that's why it's that's why you need to talk about it and that's why it's it's it needs to be talked about and why it's yeah. it's scary yeah. that it can go to those bad places if left unchecked yeah Desmet uh, gives the the Achilles heel he's, he says of this process is that nevertheless speaking up about it has and he cites Le Bon for this, there's evidence of this, has mitigating effects in how deep the psychosis goes and therefore in how crazy and how often mm-hmm. the crowd does something yeah. brutal. Yeah. You know? And there's another Achilles heel, though, and it struck me from the moment this happened. For years and years, I've always assumed that we would roughly have the status quo and a key building block of the status quo was that people would be kept divided. And that is indeed what happens. So the social atomization of people, but that a key part of maintaining that was that you'd never united the world onto one focus. So people over here are exposed to this war. People over here are exposed to that issue. But 
any commonality between the two shall never meet. You don't want people to to discuss and share similarities of traumas mm. and then do problem solving mm -hmm. because th that would counteract it. So that's why, you know, Signs of the Times, Sat.net was always like, okay, the people in this country are involved and in following this situation. They're aware of that. But if we can bring it together into one place, connect the dots and show the similarities of things, the hope or the Achilles heel was always that then they the entire framework the would become transparent to them and they would see w what unites all these things. So when COVID happened, I was like, I can't believe they're doing this. This is crazy because they're going to unite people with a single focus on one thing. Okay, it's given them temporary power, but it means that when that one thing falls, should it ever fall, you can't redivide them because you've united them into a single focus and they will see it's all connected. You know what I mean? It's, it's the last place you can go. Yeah. This hypnosis <clears throat> process never stops working. That's it. You know what I mean? You, it, would, it would require a massive, massive uh, engagement of re-traumatizing people mm -hmm. to make them f f just forget the whole thing. But maybe they can do that. Maybe there's something like that coming down the line. Oh, we've talked about before uh, in previous shows about uh, in terms of what might be coming next. And mm. my money is not a lot of money. Some money is on down the local bookies is on um, some kind of economic uh, situation, unlike anything that yeah. anyone anyone has ever seen before. Uh, certainly in modern history, um, and given the context in which it would happen, I have a planet of eight billion people, and the way society is organised today, you know the globalization aspect of, of of society it's a it'd be a disaster you know and it would be a massive it would be much it would be seriously traumatic but it would be a new level of trauma a new, and a new type of trauma in a certain sense you know it would, and i think it wouldn't make the whole covid business just go go the way of the dinosaurs type thing you know um and it's i'm seeing you know it's it's a slow burn process but i'm seeing it kind of continue and i have a few ideas about how it might actually happen but we'll have to wait and see if they if they if they manifest in that way if they start to manifest in that way we'll be talking about it some more but uh, until then we're just going to keep waiting and watching but um, yeah on the psychopathy thing that they don't that they don't have when they talk about mass formation psychosis they talk about this is you know all these things happen you know people are encouraged to focus on one particular thing they're traumatized blah 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 and that's how mass psych mass formation psychosis occurs like mm -hmm. uh, Malone just said but then the, the question left unanswered is where did all that come from is it just something that spontaneously happens? It's an act of act of God or something, or is it? If there's any evidence that it came from government, then immediately it's like, okay, so government was doing this. Government was inducing mass formation psychosis in the population. What does that mean about members of government? What what does it mean about the nature of people who are doing that? And again, kind of gets back to what I was saying about those people in the behavioral psychology, behavioral um, psychology groups, or whatever, who who are manipulating populations. Uh, the distance between them and the average member of the population because they're seeing them literally as like lab rats or animals in a lab to be to be manipulated and they're studying them uh, there's a massive empathy gap between those two people yeah which can allow for uh, evil evil to be done on the population by these people they yeah. have no no compunction about doing it because they simply don't see themselves as they see themselves as very different from the average person in the population so much so that they can do whatever they want to them and they don't feel any any, any 
and they see what works on people. What's yes. astonishing is that the thing they lack that creates this distance between them and the great unwashed as they see it is uh, emotions. Mm-hmm. And it's emotions that are key to how they... So then you think, well, how do they do if they don't know themselves how... Well, they do it by obser- observation. Yeah. It's, and that, it's an observation. There's a science to that that we don't understand. It's, it's probably... To what extent is it written down? Well, it probably is. Yeah. It probably they're, is they're a pulling, lot of text from, from it. Yeah, for sure. They're pulling from... But there's also an... Uh, a, a preternatural cunning, uh, intuitive, instinctive, 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 a predatorial instinct in a certain sense. It's, the same way a predator understands the the, the the nature of its prey, you know, in the, in, yeah. in the animal kingdom, you know. The, the psychopath has no, re- no, not the same intelligence. I mean, they would not do as well on an IQ test, I think. Yeah. No, but there's a pre- like you said, there's a preternatural cunning in terms of like predator prey. It's like yeah. they, they know how their prey operates and, they, and if they have to, they study. Uh, how they operate, and then they exploit those, exploit that knowledge of of their prey, effectively the population, in order to manipulate them and get them to do what they want. And it's about accruing of power and wealth and all those things. Um, yeah, but the problem, like you, you talked about, you know, people uniting around COVID and would they do that and stuff? But people are uniting around a lie, you know. Uh, so I don't think all unity is good unity, either. You know. No, I mean? no, no. But my thought was that if if that lie fell. They don't just go back to my team, your team. Right. I Oh, I think I'll vote Democrat this year or Republican. No, by then, they're like, holy shit, the Dems and the Republican, it's one party. They yeah. see it. Yeah, yeah. They're after. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, so people stop. What they've learned yeah. from being hyper-focused on the COVID and how this bloody virus is doing, So if, the, if, the, if they get through it, if, yeah. like those 10% or whatever it is who were woken up last year, mm. They're not going back to sleep. Right. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're woke. Where does now? They're awake. Yeah. Um, Robert Malone was, he's novel to all this. He mm. has no background at all in this. He, in 18 months, there's another clip I'm afraid I didn't have. I thought he would say it in that clip where he briefly gives an explanation about who owns Pfizer. It specifically, he said he pointed out in an article that um, someone who sits on the board of Thomson Reuters also sits on the board of Pfizer. And Thomson Reuters are what Twitter from. relies on for its fact-checking, right. substantially. And he's like pointing the connection. And Joe's like, whoa, dude. And then <laughs> Malone goes on, well, there's more. There's a lot more to it. Who owns Pfizer? And he's, you can track that. And he says it's largely not owns. They have con- a significant controlling, controlling interest. And it's those big three hedge, hedge funds. Yeah. It's state state capital are they um black rock and vanguard and that uh, there's a lot of i'm really pleased to see a lot of work has been done mm-hmm. to refine what was classic conspiracy theory for the first 20 years of the internet mm-hmm. age where some people you know make good efforts mm-hmm. to do diy homemade documentaries in which mm-hmm. they track the history of central banking yeah. and finance and how Invariably, they, they they only cited and tracked the Rothschilds right. and the Rockefellers, maybe, and a few other families, which left it in the kind of, eh, sounds too, the Jews rule the world, but just to keep that over there. And they never t- had a big audience. But now that so many more people are woken up who have the resources and the intelligence to do, and 
they're new to it. So they've got all the energy and yeah. the incentive. That, I think it's the Great Barrington Crowd right. or some other group that's created a website. I think it's called StopWorldControl.org. And it's made up of a bunch of famous people, some of the medics who've been speaking out over the last year, some scientists. I think Malone is a signatory to this group. Well, they've been putting their head... Oh, and the German Anschle, the German Corona Investigative Committee, they're involved in it. They've put out some great like 40-minute videos tracking the ownership of uh, companies. And they've got Pfizer there and media, and they... Well, well, who owns that and who owns that? And obviously it's murky because it gets to a point where ownership is deliberately kept vague. Right. But they've done these analysis that show roughly there are those three massive financial entities that have... Equity firms. Yeah, that have dominant <laughs> interests. And it isn't because they own 50% plus of the stock in the company. They only need to own about 8 9 or 10% yeah. to... To be the biggest shareholder. To be the biggest shareholder, because when they buy and sell in any given interest of theirs, yeah. all the others go, oh, look what the big guy's doing in the mm-hmm. call of suit. So mm-hmm. they, they can sway the market that way. And the chief of them all, as Malone pointed out in his Rogan interview, is Vanguard. Mm-hmm. Vanguard is something like – Vanguard has the, the – can steer the ship of BlackRock and state capital below it. Like – it really does come down to a pyramid, yeah. a pyramid, and it's it's amazing that what was kind of theoretical and confined to conspiracy theory because it was uh, a bit slack in its claims and mm. stuff. There's now this meta financial analysis that's mm. been done, and it is broadly speaking, I think it, I think it's objective. I think it's accurate, mm-hmm. or as close as we can get. As to close it. as you can get. Um, who owns Vanguard is opaque because, because, quote, according to its Wikipedia page, it has a unique ownership structure. No doubt. They're very unique people. Yeah. Unique among humans in, a, in a not a good way. Um, but can, and it's not, it's not a hard thing to get your head around. No. For us. But for it's others, scary. it's like... Oh, it's scary. Because what I've just implied is that there is one entity that controls all things. Mm-hmm. Not literally all things. You still have independent mom and pop stores and companies, but they own enough of all things to direct the whole ship. And that that, that in itself is probably too much. Mind blown. The idea that there could be, with 8 billion people, you could actually steer it as one mass. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You listen to Desmet. Is that so hard to believe? Mass formation. You know, it can be steered. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's uh, I think a lot of people, depending on the person, but a lot of people have a, a lack of conceptual framework or at least some kind of either personal experience or family or cultural historical experience of that idea of there being, of totalitarianism basically, of, of there being one group, a pyramid with one group or, or group of people at the top controlling everything. Like people under uh, Soviet, uh, under Soviet communism and under, in the Soviet mm-hmm. states or in, in, in Soviet Russia, had that understanding, they see it, they saw it every day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when when they lived through it, they saw that there's a pyramid here and it's all very much manipulated and controlled and uh, there, there's no democracy and there is a small group who controls everybody else and they use all, different, all kinds of different uh, methods to control people. So once you've seen that and lived through that or if your grandparents told you about it or whatever, you have an understanding that can exist in the world. But so many people in the West, and particularly in America, wow. with too much freedom, way too much "quote unquote" freedom, have and believe a belief in the American dream, have no understanding that that exists in the world. 
So when you present it to them, they're like, whatever, that's bold. That's like fairy story. That's, I read about that in fairy stories or something. That doesn't exist in the world. That's, I saw it in a movie. You know what I mean? So they don't understand that it does actually and has existed in the world. That's or kind of, they can, but only with certain caveats. One of the most popular ones among everyday Americans and heavyweight, heavy hitting intellectuals yeah. um, speaking about this world control structure, it's always the globalist, comma, controlled by communist China right. or some variation yeah. thereof. Yeah. They can accept us as global predatory bastards and some of them are, are boys and girls from America, but it's the commies right, who are that ultimately yeah. it could never are the happen. vipers in the den. It could never happen here organically in America because we're too free. Yeah, yeah uh, it's a bit of a setup, yeah. Um, there's a lot of backpedaling the past few days, which is, uh, it's you know, you need a lot of, uh, you need quite thick skin to deal with the situation, you know, I mean, for various different reasons, but one of the reasons is the gall of people, or maybe it's stupidity, but it seems like gall to me of authorities coming out now in the past few days and publicly talking about with yeah. or from COVID, deaths with or from, which we talked about like right from, almost from the very beginning, right, when, when they talked about people dying from COVID and we were like, well, did they have comorbidities? Were these people with one foot in the grave? Can you really say they died of COVID? Are you inflating the numbers? They've studiously ignored that and it's been, you're not allowed to talk about that, you're not allowed to say that. But throw up um, the saint, the hallowed saintly figure himself uh, on speaking, uh, who's he speaking to? MSNBC, of course he's speaking to MSNBC. Uh, get a load of this. But the other important thing is that if you look at the children who are hospitalized, many of them are hospitalized with COVID as opposed to because of COVID. And what we mean by that, oh. if a child goes in the hospital, they automatically get tested for COVID and Ooh. they get counted as a COVID hospitalized individual. Oh. When in fact, they may go in for a broken leg or ah. appendicitis or something like that. So it's overcounting the Ooh, number of okay. children um, who are, quote, hospitalized only children, with COVID though. as opposed to because of COVID. Thanks, Tony, for uh, letting the other letting important thing... Right, so maybe that's why the New York Times claimed 900,000 kids were hospitalized with COVID. Yes, well, that, retracted maybe it. that's why uh, all the people they say have died from COVID. What is it, like 5 million or something like that? Uh, maybe you could reduce that by what? 80% maybe? because nearly all of them had one foot in the grave and were going to be taken out by any respiratory virus that came along and would have done in any other year. But uh, this time it was COVID, it was COVID death. And I mean, throw up the Toronto... Any idea, it, Toronto before C you do it, any idea why he no idea. spoke truth? No idea why any word of truth would ever come out of Fauci's mouth, but maybe he's, maybe he's having a... Maybe he's, maybe he's got dementia or something. Um, Toronto.ctvnews.ca I don't know. Here, this is, this is coming out again around the same time. That was Fauci a couple of days ago. This is uh, Ontario newspaper. Uh, Ontario Mayor calls for overhaul of misleading COVID-19 data, hospitalization data. Calling for the province to overhaul how it reports pandemic hospitalization, saying the COVID data was, that the COVID data reported daily is misleading. May not necessarily paint an accurate picture of the current situation in the province. Uh, pretty much the same thing. And also, um, this is not just from Canada, but also from the 
in the UK from the Telegraph. Um, this is a bit more stark. Just one-fifth of new COVID hospitals, this is from the 28th of December, just one-fifth of COVID hospital patients are true cases. Now, they tell us. Yeah. Is that not true? In March 2020. A year ago, six, 18 months ago? Apparently not. But you can, so we've been harping on about this for an hour and loads of other people have. It's so, it's like as plain as the nose on your face. Well, now I'm Some, suspicious. They're, they're lying. They're telling the truth, which means they're lying. But what are they lying about this time? I don't know. But of course, they'll, they'll put out, right beside that story, they'll put out a story that says uh, the Omicron wave is the worst ever and the next few weeks are going to be really difficult and the hospitals are going to be overwhelmed and you need to um, uh, wear masks and uh, children need to wear masks in school and everybody needs to wear masks outside and you need to have a curfew. You know what I mean? Yeah. Two sides of the mouth, basically. So how do you, how do you deal with that? Like the two effectively completely opposing pieces of official information at the same time, but then has not been the yeah. defining aspect of this entire farce. And it's a farce because of that, because all the way along it has been uh, massively confusing to people and people were, you know, prevented from reading reality as, as they saw it with their own, their own two eyes because they paid far too much attention to people like Tony Fauci and, uh, and the media, you know. Um, uh, uh, one last honourable mention. Uh, if you put up the picture, Scotty, it's probably, it's looking his best in this one. And maybe this is where, when he just got the news, but a guy we all love to hate, and for very good reason. Uh, you can stick him up there. This guy. Um, oh. I'm sorry for traumatizing people, but we're all in this together. And if we could just all rally around uh, and uh, try, don't internalize that picture. But <laughs> there's Tony. Uh, Tony uh, Blair, a uh, uh. uh, war criminal, mass murderer. A uh, homicidal maniac killed. Catholic convert. Yeah, supposedly. Penance. Uh, Dr. David Kelly, who could have prevented the Iraq invasion in 2003. Tony Blair signed off on his murder, his botched, dodgy murder. Um, he's just been awarded uh, a knighthood, effectively, and he's been named... Um, a member of the highest order of chivalry in the UK, the Order of the Garter. He would be a night companion officially to the Queen. Uh, and he, that's him looking at the Queen right there. That's how he presents himself every day to Her Majesty. Hello, Your Majesty. Uh, so what does it say about... I don't know what it's... What does it say about the Queen? I don't know. That guy is a psychopath. Does, of course he is, 100%. Him and many more like him. And that's why he's in the news a lot today and he's being faded and that's why he got this knighthood and he's the highest order of chivalry in the UK. It's an absolute joke and it says, speaks volumes about about the upper the echelons of power in the UK and, and you can apply that to around the Western world in particular and probably around the whole world, that these are the kind of people who get promoted and get honoured and get held up as the paragons paragons of virtue and to be, to be looked up to. Another one, murderers. Another one was Chris Whitty. Chris Whitty, creepy, heavy-lidded, uh, golem-like creature who... pasty face. Uh, who, yeah, just, you know, don't let your children watch him or look at his picture before bedtime. Well, the same applies to Tony Blair, obviously. But, uh, yeah, that, I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those things where they just rub it in your face. Like, I mean, in the UK in particular, I'd say the vast majority of people in the UK, 
maybe not the vast majority, but certainly a good majority of the people in the UK since the 2003 and since all the stuff that came out about him lying, deliberately lying about the Iraq war, sexing up dossiers, similar way they did the, the Steele dossier against Trump was pretty much a carbon copy of, of the 2003 Iraq uh, Saddam's weapons of mass destruction, made up dossier, got some dodgy sources to make up a story about Saddam's weapons of mass destruction that could uh, strike the UK within 45 minutes. Yeah. That, you know, got people a little bit traumatized and to rally round and to, we're all in this together, let's stop Saddam together, let's put some flowers down somewhere for someone who died by Saddam or some, Saddam's hand or something. Uh, <laughs> something along with Yeah, them. I'm trying to remember, there probably was something uh, like that. And so, uh, yeah. yeah, what was I just saying? Okay, I forgot. Anyway. Well, it's just a sim- it's like the steel dossier. It's just, yeah, it's the steel dossier. It's, it's the same MO every right. time. Exactly. But yeah, I was saying that the uh, majority of people knew, knew that at the time. It was very much publicized at the time and since then. And people, most people in the UK, I think, love to hate Tony Blair. They think he should just be, should pl- crawl under a rock and disappear forever and have done for the last 14 years and um, or more, eight, 17, 18 years. And, um, and yet... And he's been around and he's tried to weasel his way in like the little weasel he is and he's got some media interviews and the media, you know, he's pushed in there. He's got a lot of power and influence. He's given speeches for 50 grand an hour and stuff. Um, But people hate him for that, you know, hate him because he's not getting away from his legacy. But amongst the hoi polloi, or not the hoi polloi, amongst the, 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 the elite um, he is, he's their man basically and they're going to honour him in the way they see fit which is to give him the highest honour in the land and, and, and they're going to rub people's faces in it. We don't care if you ha- think and have thought for many years that this guy is a despicable piece of Shiite. Uh, we're going to give him, we're going to have your queen give him the highest chivalrous order in the land. Whatever. Uh, that's the society we live in and people don't understand that. People don't accept just on, on the basis of that, that they live in a very corrupt society with a very corrupt and evil elite ruling over them, then well, you're going to get what you you're going to you're going to get what you deserve, basically. Yeah, people get the government they deserve, especially whenever uh, they refuse to recognise, despite all the evidence, they refuse to recognise the nature of of the government that rules over them. You know, I mean, it's not a good place to be in, and most people. They're not willingly doing it at this point. They're not willfully doing it. They're not consciously doing it, let's say. They just don't think about it. People, ordinary people. people. Yeah. They don't, you know, they don't consciously not pay attention. You know, it's it, it's much deeper and much more unfortunate, really, and sad than that, you know, where people just don't have the ability to to go there. You see even people like Joe Rogan, like we're talking about, you know, it's like, whether he's faking it or not, if he's genuine, I mean, it's like, it's it's hard well, it's ability people. or it's also just like um, an apathy that is understandable because it's healthier not to get fully immersed and agitated and activated by it because you you, you can get pulled into it. Yeah. I think people's response is, it's all a lot of shade. It's all bullshit and, anyway. And I can do nothing about it, so I'm just going to live my life. Yeah. Ideally, it would be like, I don't buy any of it. I'll keep my counsel. Yeah. But I will, I will nevertheless actively maintain a healthier mm. psychological. I will still continue to keep an eye on them, to read a bit, to learn, 
to question but it as long as myself. it doesn't it doesn't impact me directly i'm just gonna as long as i can carry on with my normal life then i'm just gonna there's nothing i can do about it so i'm gonna forget about it and, and hopefully they won't cross that line hopefully it won't get to the point where they really start impinging on my life on the average person's yeah. lives but they will through people's apathetic response to the signs of encroaching pathocracy and psych- psychopathy in, in, in government they don't understand that that doesn't it doesn't have a it doesn't stop the nature of pathocracy or psychopathic government is to abuse the population and see how they respond if the people push back a little bit they'll stop for a little minute but then they'll try again and they use trauma like we've been talking about yeah. they use trauma to and, and they they're very smart in the sense that they're, they never yeah. do it overtly by their own hand it's something else comes along mm-hmm. that they that they blame it on and people get distracted by that and say oh this is just an act of god this is something that we have to just put up with yeah. But if you look a little bit below the surface, you can see the hand of government, the m- yeah. malicious hand of government in, in, in these things. See, government has gotten smarter. In older times, history, would, you know, up and down, there would be a cycle, roughly. And the thing that always brought it to a head was revolution. And mm-hmm. revolution came to the point where people had no choice. They're going hungry, but to get politically involved. We're in a system that's, at least a little bit smarter than that, they've maintained well-stocked shelves mm-hmm. throughout this process. For now, that remains the case. They seem to be threatening that that won't be the case much longer, mm-hmm. at least not to the level we've been used to. Right. Remember the yeah. CNN articles warning about, you know, well, in the before times. Yeah. Um, You're talking about bread and circuses, right? Yes. Once the bread and circuses stop, then you what? You have a revolution of some type. But that's just, at that point... There's no organized resistance to. There's no recognition of what's actually the, what the problem is, and there's no organized resistance, resistance to it. There's simply chaos and mayhem, and people searching for their bread and circuses that have somehow, for some reason, disappeared. Um, throw up just just as a as a FYI, uh, the verse, a uh, couple of verse web pages. Um, this one is, so it's from 24th, 12th, so just over a week ago. This is serious COVID side effects. 162,000. Um, I think that's in the US. I don't know, maybe that's worldwide. Most, most of it's in the US. Um, 162,000 recorded. And, I mean, they've been, back, they've been, back years ago, there were studies done because of flu vaccines and stuff. There were studies done on this verse, verse website. And some estimates put it at 30% underreported. Sorry, 30 times underreported. So you could potentially multiply these numbers by 30, at least. You can multiply them by a significant amount um, based on the, the known unreporting. If you just scroll down a little bit, uh, some of them are, I mean, there's obviously 16,000 pages, but it's down the bottom. Um, no, no, sorry, not down the bottom. I meant down the bottom of the first entry. Um, at, the, at, the, at the bottom of each entry, to those is an entry. Um, so the write-up is at the bottom. <coughs> um, my chest feels funny. Go, go down to the second one. So these are just 162,000 serious side effects. Swelling of hands followed by angioedema. So it's like, would you usually get your hands swollen? When you, would your hands usually swell if you get COVID? You know, get a respiratory illness? I don't know if that's a normal side effect. Because a lot of people say that the side effects or just the similar effects of, you know, a little mild short-term effects of like, kind of like getting a little bit of COVID, but then it's gone, right? But there's so many, I'm just looking through a bunch of them. If you go down another one, uh, this, um, yeah, 
Developed chest tightness, increased work of breathing, palpitations and severe dizziness, transferred to ED where I received oxygen and fluids and monitoring, released after about four hours, continued to take Benadryl, 50 milligrams, also developed red facial rash, pain at injection site. Uh, go down another one. Uh... Without egg, without, I don't know. Uh, go to the, go, yeah, the next one down actually, angioedema, broad angioedema. Um, Ten minutes after vaccine administration, patient reported wheezing and coughing, received epinephrine, Benadryl, solid, is that Remsen? No, I don't know. Epinephrine, again, patient never developed a rash, hypertension, swelling of the, but had hypertension, swelling of the lips, mouth or tongue, other GI side effects. At tending in position, the reaction seems to be clear exacerbation of the patient's tracheum. <laughs> it's just a, it's a horror story to read them all. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, you could, but go to the next one because the next one is actually the second link is uh, not the next entry, but the second link of the Verge report. It's 12 to 18 year olds. So there's, um, yeah, there's 1,500 plus cases between 12 and 18 year olds. And there's one near the top actually that just, um, I just scroll down it's near the top. Um, I think it's the first one, actually. Uh, scroll down a little bit so we can read it just a little bit more. There you go. So, administered first dose of COVID-19 vaccine. This is, it doesn't say the age, I don't think, on these ones, but um, anyway. Uh, that kid, basically. Approximately 11 p.m., resident exhibited acute respiratory decompensation with very limited error entry and hypoxemia. Hypoxia, hypoxemia. Patient received Benadryl, blah, blah, blah. All this. Re- Resident was deferred to the emergency room and found to be COVID positive. Uh-huh. So, yeah. They just injected, basically gave COVID to that kid, yeah. Yes, or they just test the person for COVID and put it down as a, because okay. it came up positive, put it down as, as a positive COVID and ignored the fact that they had significant respiratory distress from the vaccine. From the vaccine. Anyway, uh, we'll put those. We'll put a few links up for, for those. You can look up a bunch of other ones, but uh, there's obviously deaths. I think there's been something like um, twenty-two thousand deaths in this database so far. Again, underreported, but twenty-two thousand deaths officially from uh, COVID. Uh, I think Vera's is just U.S. reporting. So they do some foreign foreign yeah. total as well, but I don't know why. Some people might, for example, in Europe, there's a, a there's a separate one, yeah. yeah but they have foreign ones support. as well for some reason, where foreign doctors have access to the first database and they can put it in, whatever you know. So they include some foreign ones as well. Um, but go to the Telegraph, yeah. Uh, this is. Do it. you think? Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Vera's as it stands now, says twenty two thousand Americans yeah. died yeah. from the vaccine. Yeah. Do you think it's thirty times that figure? The death toll from the vaccines? Well, uh, 30 was one study they did right. previously on flu. I mean, you can multiply it by probably at least a factor of 10. 2 million people? No, 22,000. 200, 200 and quarter, 200, quarter million dead. 200 some. Okay. But again, you can say that's very rare. <laughs> you divide, divide 200,000 by into... Uh, 320 million no, in, well, people. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, but, it's so wide. But even worldwide, yeah. I mean, you have to multiply that then worldwide. You know, um, 
he's just never going to get those figures. Obviously, there's no interest, uh, as in that guy from Sky News, the former editor of Sky News, who's saying like he tried, and there's no interest in publishing anything about vaccine, vaccine injury or vaccine deaths. Just he's tried. All the people he knows have tried to put it in front of editors and, and news organisations. They just said there's not, they don't have the appetite for it. You know. <laughs> It's just amazing. And a year ago, it's like, give me anything you can. All COVID. data on Motorbike deaths. accident, COVID. Yeah. Bring it, bring it, bring them on to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's creepy. So creepy. And there's no limit to the, the geographic spread of the hysteria either. If you throw up the Telegraph article on, well, the last one. COVID reaches the Antarctic. Polar researchers report outbreak at remote station. Omicron triumphs despite Belgian researchers taking precautions and being miles from anywhere. <laughs> uh, they got the cold in the Antarctic. Maybe the penguins. Stop the presses. You know the animals. A bunch of scientists got the cold in the Antarctic. Those tents look way too close if you ask me. Yeah, they're, not, they're, not socially, they're not socially distanced for sure, yeah. Fallen all that space, they could have had a mile between each tent. And see what it says, despite taking strict health precautions, being fully vaccinated and miles from civilization. <laughs> so like you can get vaccinated, you can get like 17 jabs, get a tent, <laughs> go to Antarctica on your own and live in that tent with nobody else but some penguins hanging around and you'll get the COVID. And that's an example of how dangerous and deadly this thing is. It'll hunt you down, it'll, it'll find you wherever you are. It has a particular set of skills for finding human beings and it will find you and, and it it'll will get you and, and then it it'll do you. what to you and it will shut up give you a sniffle you. <laughs> it'll give you sniffles and then you'll know all about it then you'll want more vaccines yeah. then you'll rue the day that you ever disbelieved saint fauci i got you, bronchitis from a common cold and it was miserable so don't talk to me about the dangers of Get it'll hunt you down Neil. It's a it knows we are wimpy little this time next year or this time in the next 10 years you'll either be dead you'll either be vaccinated recovered from Covid or dead Jeez, the German government exactly that's what he said yeah. and no they said this winter this winter that's what'll happen like by February you'll either be vaccinated or dead mm. and Biden said something similar didn't he before Christmas mm -hmm. absolutely yeah, yeah. And, and I mean when that doesn't pan out well yeah, of course, people, it doesn't matter because they'll well, move on to the next Think thing. about the messaging. That's three possible options. You just divide them equally between the three, right? You've right. got 33% of each one. It's a 33% death rate. So COVID now has a 33% death rate. In the minds of the average person who hears that kind of messaging. And believes it. That's uh, what's going to happen, of course. Like when you say you'll either have, you'll either have got COVID and recovered, you'll either be, you'll be vaccinated or you'll be dead. The dead people, oh, probably 0.1%. If you want to do the percentages, so in the dead category, zero point one percent. The vaccinated, way too many, yeah, eighty percent, and they recovered, probably soon a hundred percent, including the vaccinated. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Zero point one to a hundred, basically. Yeah. You know? So your risk is zero point one, but uh, you know what I mean? That kind of like mindless, idiotic, wrong messaging from need, politicians. Yeah. Even before they said, even before they said that, a year ago people were being polled and asked to guess from a given a multiple choice question, roughly what percentage of Britain I think Americans had a version as well, 
what percentage of your fellow countrymen do you think mm. have died so far in the COVID? Mm -hmm. And I think the most popular choice was like Ten. eight, eight, nine percent. Yeah, yeah, like six million people or something. Yeah. So they don't need to be told you'll be dead. They were, they kind of, they got that message already mm -hmm. with all the earlier stuff. You know, they got that lie already. Yeah, over and over and over again, and they don't care. People don't care about getting being. Having lies shoved into their heads, apparently. They don't care enough, for sure. But anyway, yeah, have we got anything else? <clears throat> we probably should leave it to another week now. The Ukraine crisis. Yeah. Um, Sum it up in a paragraph there. In a paragraph? I did I did a while ago there, no? Can I sum it up in a paragraph? Oh, it's more than a paragraph, though. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's too complicated. There'll be more, be more coming down the pipeline on that. But it's... Uh, my, there was just... The only thing I would say was that when I was talking earlier on about a possible what's going to come after COVID, what's uh -huh. next, basically, I was thinking it's going to be some kind of a global economic crisis and it could be in part precipitated or blamed on uh, something relating, a, a situation relating to Ukraine. Um, yeah. Before Christmas, Russia, you, you remarked how it was, it was bothering you that this wasn't just the usual rhetoric against russia um, no the russians were spooked like the russians were spooked you also told me that you, it seemed that the the west had this yeah. incredible confidence about yeah. them right uh, that they pinned russia down yeah and that this was yeah spooking Putin. spooking hence his all his efforts to yeah talk to people he's, he's he spoke to biden twice right in the, he's in been starting the alarm you know but he has no faith that they're gonna no matter what they say in those meetings that they're going to He's going to be able to get anything out of them. You know what I mean? They seem to be set on a course that started back in 2014 when the, with the coup in Ukraine. That was the beginning of a plan uh, seven years ago to take over Ukraine, which they did. Obviously, Ukraine is entirely a vassal state of America at this point, and, uh, and to use Ukraine to build up its military, and they have been doing that over the past seven years, build up its military into a fairly effective fighting force with, obviously, with American NATO's help and effectively make it into a NATO state without being a NATO state. Mm. And use that to to cross Russia's red line to put it, put Russia, they hope in a bind basically where they're where they're by doing this by taking over Ukraine and stepping right up onto Russia's border with a uh, with with military equipment you know nominally in the hands of the Ukrainians but directed by America that they're going to force Russia to do something <clears throat> uh, that they can then respond to and hopefully push back. Uh, in a big way on Russia. I mean, one, they've already talked about it, that if Russia does anything. So it's like threatening someone. Like, it's it's like provoking someone yeah. intensely, unjustifiably, to the point that you, because you want them to respond. And when they respond, you're going to smack them with something that's going to hurt them even more. Uh, and one of them, they've talked about it openly, that if Russia makes any move into Ukraine or does anything, you know, provocative in Ukraine that they would immediately shut down the Germans have even signed on to that essentially that they would shut down the Nord Stream 2 pipeline you know which supplies a significant amount of gas to uh, uh, to the European European economies mm. Slovakia I think it's 100% Austri uh, Austria gets almost uh, 100% or 80% Italy major countries all get really reliant on uh, on, on Russian gas you know and if uh, that kind of brinkmanship that the US is engaged in in, in Ukraine towards Russia is just you know, it could have serious knock-on, you know, if it goes too far, uh, energy uh, effects 
on the on the European and the global energy supply, basically, that could precipitate something into a but a major kind of. Uh, wouldn't that be Russia collapse? not falling into the trap? I always understood that the trap was <clears throat> um, to get Russia to turn off the energy the supply of gas, so that the West can go see unreliable partner. Yeah. We told you they'd hold you, they'd uh, yeah, hold Russia, you hostage but one not, winter. Yeah, but Russia's calling their bluff on that one. They're not doing it. They're they're go- going above and beyond to make sure that, that supplies of gas continue. Yeah, uh, even in this current the current situation of the past few months where there's been a, 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 an energy crisis, you know, uh, because of COVID. Um, but what America wants most of all is for Nord Stream 2 to be mothballed and, and Russia be pushed back out of basically the Euro- European uh, economic or European energy sector, basically. And as a result of that, uh, reduced reliance by European governments on Russia, reduced cooperation between the two because that's the big thing that america fears is co- major cooperation or increasing cooperation first and foremost through energy production energy supply to europe making european governments not necessarily dependent on dependent on them energy on russia energy wise but then that creates a political cooperation not a co- political dependence but a political cooperation let's say that's natural right that's the one thing that america has forever it's, it's like the americans the, the 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 think tankers and the state department and stuff uh, and the Washington establishment—that's their—that's their recurring nightmare, you know—has been for twenty or thirty years, of Western Europe falling to Eurasia, effectively to Russia and to China, and there being an integration and that kind of landmass, which, as we've mentioned before, has eighty percent of the world's population, eighty percent of the world's resources, and America being sidelined. Basically, it's the one thing that they've pushed for for been pushing for 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 a long time. I mean, we could even say the. 9-11 and the, the incursion into Iraq, the invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan, and then in Syria and all that kind of stuff was all about uh, that preventing or forestalling that um, kind of knitting together of, of Eurasian integration, effectively. You know, Because the one thing, if you just look at a map, look at where most of the world's landmass is, like 80%, 80% of the world's resources, yep. probably 80% of the world's population, roughly. <coughs> I think it's 80% more. of the population and 60% of resources. 60% of resources, um, but probably, yeah, and a similar amount of, of effectively land mass. So that's the world, the center of the world, effectively, by rights, if you know what I mean. It's, it's naturally. Um, and America would be uh, that country over there, or America, North and South America would be that. Oh, the periphery. Off, offshore islands. The yeah. periphery, which yeah. they, yeah, that's that's the terror. Yeah. That, they should become the first. And that's what the, well, what's going on in Ukraine is absolutely about that, you know, about preventing, uh, maintaining American hege- hegemony as it has been for whatever, probably close to 100 years now, and maintaining that status quo. And it's, you know, it's 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 a uh, it's not going to happen. It's it. They can't maintain their hegemony indefinitely. Basically, there has to be a shift, and they talk about it themselves. By twenty thirty, China will overtake America economically. Blah 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 blah. And they're not willing to go quietly into that dark night. Do you know what I mean? They're willing to. They're, they're definitely determined to um, to push back and do whatever they can. But they're going to cause a massive. I think the, it, they go so far as to as to uh, countenance the idea of crashing the whole thing. I mean, this is obviously related to COVID and the Great Reset and. Uh, a, a new global economy, a new green economy. It's all very, pretty complicated and mixed up and there's different layers 
of the same thing uh, that, that, that are apparent and coming from different sources, you know. But it, a, a big part of it is, and always has been, well, not always, but for the past 20 or 30 years or more, well, past 100 years, let's say, has been about America maintaining its hegemony in the world progressively, you know. For most of the 20th century, it was quite happy. It was quite comfortable. There was no significant threats to it. But after the fall of the Soviet Union and then, you know, the 21st century, basically, it's become a lot more dicey for the U.S. And uh, they see, uh, they hear the bell starting to toll, basically, for them. And, uh, and they're getting desperate. Yeah. That's more than one paragraph. Interesting. But, only, <laughs> that's a small <laughs> essay, but that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, we'll have we'll to... return to it. Yeah. Because there will be, I think there will it, definitely it be more. Because it matches historical patterns. Ukraine is always the... Uh, has, it's not the first time Ukraine has been the kind of linchpin right. in international wars, mm -hmm. geopolitics. Mm -hmm. I mean, the very term geopolitics was coined by Mackinder. Yeah at the height of the British Empire. And he's basically said that area is the heartland. He who controls Ukraine and roughly the western part of Russia controls the world. Mm -hmm. um, how did he know that? Why did he say that? I'm not sure. Maybe it was just what you described. He just said, look at a world map and mm -hmm. look at the basic allocation of resources and according people. to God or nature and the people and do some basic yep. math. Yeah. What's an, what the natural order is. Yeah. 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 So anyway, the natural order is going to break down pretty soon. It already has broken down, really. Hasn't it started to break down big time? Uh, at least the natural order, the level of the population, everything's gone kaflui. Um And I think there's more breakdowns to come, for sure, in the near future. This year? 2022, Joe? Yeah, 2022 is a big one. Ice Age... Uh, Volcanoes, comet impacts, uh, global economic collapse, and a resurgence of the Black Death. <laughs> That'll all happen in in March, <laughs> and then but by April we'll be all right. It'll be, it'll, it'll, we'll by April we'll start rebuilding. Yeah, by we, we if, will rebuild. Yeah, yeah. If we all we'll just, build back even better. Build back even better, and if we all just realize that we're all in it together, and um, you know. Just remember, uh, don't overwhelm the NHS or your local hospital, and everything will be fine. Amen. Amen. Okay, we'll return to, I want to talk more about Ukraine, but yeah. let's drop that for today. Yeah. Anything more? No. All right, you're done. I'm done. You're still recovering from still your excesses. Sad. Uh, okay. So Speak to yourself. Yeah. So uh, thanks for uh, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for whatever you were doing. Uh, we any any super interesting comments? We never have super interesting comments. Uh, a few, but we lost the chat overlay on the video. Oh, and, yeah, it was kind of next time hard to follow. We need to get super chat going one of these days. I think they did. They change it so that. Um... You have to have X thousand Probably. subscribers. I don't, know, like that, maybe. I don't think we're we'll there We'll have to yet. check into it. Anyway, uh, yeah. So we'll be back uh, next week with uh, another update on all the madness. And you can be sure there'll be lots of madness and silliness and stupidity and ignorance. But maybe some, some laughs in between. Uh, so we hope you'll join us then. Until then, have a good week and stay safe. And um, we're all in this together. 
And let's go, Brandon. And let's go, Brandon. See you next week. Bye. See ya. Can't stop the signal now.